Today on The Good Word, we're thinking of people who are in difficult circumstances, but they're somehow holding on to hope. How do they do it? Scanned any news source and along with the car crashes and conflicts, there are always heartwarming stories to be found. A high school group who gave their hard-earned money to a classmate who was seriously ill. Two workmen who risked their lives to save a co-worker. These notable one-time sacrifices all deserve notice. But what about those who face difficulties in less newsworthy ways? Someone who loses their mobility or their sight permanently. A young father or mother who loses a spouse to death and struggles to be both father and mother to their children. The child who gives up their personal time to nurse a sick parent for years. How do so many make these ongoing sacrifices with minimal complaint? For many, their strength comes from their faith. Their belief that there is more to life than just these few years we call a lifetime, and that there is someone who not only understands, but has walked the same path before them. Clear back in 1975, Elder Marion D. Hanks spoke about why people make sacrifices to help others and how those who suffer find solace. What motivates people to unselfish, courageous actions? Are there wellsprings of strength and consolation accessible to those who suffer or are alone or afraid or steeped in sin or depressed? As life supplies its store of tribulation, we need the consolation that comes with knowing that God is good and that He's near, that He understands and that He loves us and will help us and strengthen us for the realities of a world where sin and affliction exist. Comfort came to them in the quiet knowledge of the nearness of a Savior who himself had not been spared the most keen and intense suffering, who himself had drunk of the bitter cup. Sacrifices willingly made because they lead to abundancy of life and to everlasting life. One example of this comes from Acts chapter 7, when the disciple Stephen became the first martyr for his faith. As he meets his fate, we get a glimpse of what gave him hope as he received a glimpse of what lay ahead for him just beyond this life. Here's the end of the story. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried with one voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. As he was calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Many of our tests and trials have an end in this lifetime, but while we're in them, and even if our particular challenges are for a lifetime, we have hope and assurance in the knowledge of Jesus, of a Savior who knows us and has felt the pain of our challenges, and who doesn't ask us to endure anything that He Himself was not willing to suffer Himself, who Himself had not been spared the most keen and intense suffering, and Himself had drunk of the bitter cup. And that's the good word.